At 86 years young, Fitzcoker is as passionate and eager to fish as anyone and is still driven to learn. He's been fishing the Lower Keys for 60 years and has seen it when it was quiet and filled with fish. He's fished with all the great guides that have come and gone and is a fatherly figure with the ones he still fishes with. He's now fighting for Key West and the surrounding flats' survival from the destruction caused by cruise ships and big business. There's never been a greater gentleman in fishing. We hope you enjoy. We broke everything. We broke lines. We broke hooks. We broke rods. We broke our minds. We broke marriages. We broke the whole thing. We uh, came up with the idea of going out that night and chasing girls, and whoever had the biggest pair of panties won the pot. I knocked another arrow, and he turned around the other way, and I shot him going through the other way. So I double-lunged him both ways. But it was nothing for us to paddle an air mattress out into government cut. I got him on. All right, now we're going to teach him a lesson. I'm just an old guy that likes to fish. I'm not quitting yet. And he said, well, who the hell do you think you are, Sue App? And I said, that's exactly who I am. Life's journey to the grave should not be one arriving with a pretty, well-preserved body, but rather skid in broadside in a cloud of smoke, thoroughly torn out, thoroughly used up, proclaiming wildly, wow, what a ride. <laughs> There's something fishy going on here. Fitz, meet my son, Nicky. Nicky. Fitz. How are you? The great Fitz Coker. <laughs> I know. I've, <laughs> I've heard so much about you over the years, and especially through Doug Kilpatrick. So it's, well, it's, 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 it's all about love, and, and that's, that's the long and short of it. And uh, anyway. Well, he sure loves you. He's always spoken as you being a second father to him. Yeah. You know, teaching you. He's a good guy. Teaching him about life. He's always said what a gentleman you are and how curious on a daily basis you are, even at the age of 86. He says you, you go out, you look at birds, you look at trees. It's not all about the fish. Yeah. Uh, well, in some cases, you have to look at the birds because there ain't no fish. <laughs> 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 it's a distraction. It's like You're me smoking right. cigars. <laughs> uh, but but you, and you have to take those circumstances as as being okay. This is where we are now. Right. And um, we can hope for better, but it's not going to happen unless we take care of our conservation needs. Right. Um, but you're talking about that's where we are now. Yeah. Tell me about, about you, Fitz. You're 86. You've been battling prostate cancer for the last four years. You know, what kind yeah. of struggles are you having at this point? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll just deal with, with um, where I am now, and then we'll go backwards into history and talk about the, 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 what got me to Key West and so forth. For sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, prostate cancer is very, very uh, frequent uh, in the U.S. And um, <clears throat> if you get it early, it's treatable. But as the doctors say, they don't ever kill cancer. It doesn't go away. It may lessen in its activity or it may get worse. And uh, the thing is that I had a pretty serious case of it and got a big dose of radiation and, and Lupron also, uh, which is a chemical. And um, the, the, the cancer's not growing anymore, but it, it uh, has impacted internal organs to the point where your body is revolting against that and um, it becomes difficult and, and also you, you get tired quickly so you just try to adapt and um, and uh, it's not easy but you can do it right and and 
that's all you got anyway. You right. might as well you accept know, that. Right. <laughs> and you were speaking when I first walked in about looking forward to fishing next week once oh, this, yeah. w- this wind dies down. Yeah. You know, one of the great lines was uh, your statement in Chasing Silver. Go fly. <laughs> no, 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 no. Fitz is casting is going, yeah. come on, fly. Come on, yeah, come on, fly. You know, t- yeah. trying to get that damn thing well, out there got, to the fish. Yeah, you got to talk to it. And, and uh, yeah, anyway, I, I do love all aspects of it, really. Um, well, what's your favorite? Take us back to the early years. When did you first arrive in Key West? And right. when did you first find tarpon? Okay, well, I, I, there's, a, there's a, a story that goes ahead of that, which I can cover very briefly. But um, uh, I ran the international operations for a large packaging paper company. And um, I was traveling in excess of 200,000 miles a year. And um, it was it was pretty tough. I was all over the world, and and uh, that that's tiring. And so uh, after about eighteen years of that, I I just flat ran out of steam, and I said, okay, this is not what I want to do with my life. I w- I want to go and and have some spare time and g- get off and do what I want to do, and so. Uh, I planned a vacation to, to Key West because I had read in the New Yorker that, that the Casa Marina had been renovated and uh, uh, it was now open since not being open from the late 1800s. So, uh, so I came down to, to Key West and we were going to stay a week in the Casa Marina and it was nice. and. I went fishing down here a couple of times and caught a couple of permit and uh, and I, I caught a, a, a great mutton snapper and and it was just uh, exciting to me and um, I liked the tropics uh, so by Thursday of that week I'd bought a house <laughs> and <laughs> you were all in I was all in and um, uh, so. Uh, we came and and started living in uh, in in Key West, and I resigned from my position, and um, there, there was there was no animosity because it was it was coming, and um, so I, I I had an early introduction in Key West to fishing, and I just took to it uh, very liberally, and I liked it and. So um, um, it, it was not until a little later when the tarpon uh, season opened. Uh, my first house was in March, a little early. So anyway, during that first season, it, it just was a revelation to me. And I was already a, a, a fly fisherman, but not very well developed. So. Um, I jumped in with both feet and, and uh, I um, just had a had a great time getting oriented to the tropics and and uh, learning about the the, the 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 fish and that was new to me also. I'm from South Carolina and while we have good fishing, it's entirely different from this. So um, that that's. When when the starting was and um, and who was the first guy you fished with? Uh, let me see. Um, it wasn't Jose. It wasn't Marshall Cutchin. Um, I, I guess it was Ruoff. Um, but I had to travel down to Alamorada to fish with Rick, and but Rick and I became friends and. Um, um, so saw a lot of Rick, and uh, then I can't remember the the Grisham. I fished with Grisham, and I fished with uh, Tom. What's Tom? Roland. Hmm. Tom Roland. I fished with Tom Roland. Yes, but Tom. Uh, the the the. Oh gosh, can't remember Tom's last name. Uh, 
But Tom Rowland, yes, fished with him. Marshall Cutcher. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, well, tell us about uh, Jose. You know, yeah. Jose was a bigger-than-life character, had the TV show, and a lot of people know of Jose because of his TV show. Yeah. Uh, you had a great relationship with him. I did, and um, Jose was a hoot. He, he, he was truly fun to fish with. And he was intense, and he uh, demanded that that you be intense also, <laughs> and uh, uh, that worked. Uh, but but he he just uh, encouraged anglers to to jump in with both feet and to 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 understand the quarry and to um, to try to catch them, uh, which he loved and. Uh, so he was he was uh, emotionally active, yeah, um, uh, you might say. Yeah, how, <laughs> yeah. Can you articulate about that a little bit more? <laughs> he, uh, he 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 was a little bit uh, uh, under uh, under uncontrollable. I might <laughs> I might say. And uh, in he, what way? Give us an example. Well, he, women. Uh, okay. He. he, he <laughs> He he loved women, and um, he could not get enough of them. And I I don't I, I don't want to uh, talk about that too much because some of his um, uh, family are living. I think. <laughs> okay. Chrissy is she's she's awesome. She's awesome. Yes, but her husband died. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he drowned. Oh my lord. He had a, a some sort of uh, uh, epileptic fit, diving, diving, and didn't make it. Oh my gosh! I have yeah, to call her. yeah, it's terrible. Anyway, Jose um, Jose was not terribly attentive to the small matters that most guides are attentive to kind of like gas in the boat well yes you you, <laughs> you you'd be somewhere like way away from anywhere and and, and find that you were out of gas <laughs> that happened uh on the way to the everglades and um we were there was nobody on the water and um so jose and i tied a a, a yellow shirt he was wearing to the end of the push pole and we waved that for several hours, and finally somebody uh, saw us and, 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 and took us to Flamingo. But um, Hose, generally speaking, was, was, was very uh, good at what he did, and he got himself out of most of the, these, these difficulties pretty, pretty readily. But he would find himself in these these uh, situations where he uh, where he um, didn't really know how to how to pursue it. Um, and uh, but anyway, he was fun to fish with, and 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 very knowledgeable and active. And do you and, think possibly because of this? maybe lack of details, maybe th- taking things for granted might have been problematic and uh, evolving to how he died? Absolutely. Uh, I've thought that since he died. Um, Hose would, would, would forget the details and, and it would catch him. And um, most of the time he could, he could detour around and, and get by. But he had this inclination to, to, to repeat this. And I think... Uh, it caught up with him, maybe. Yeah, I think it caught up with him, and, and everybody recognizes that you don't take off in an airplane downwind. Um, but he did, and that's what got him. I heard that he took off into the wind, and it was such a microburst that the airplane, and it was excessive wind, very dangerous, but he wanted to get back to Key West, understood, because he had yeah. a, a young wife, I think, or he's about to, he was engaged, and he wanted to get out of town, uh-huh. just finished filming, and he had the biplane that he had built, and when he took off, he hit some big burst, and it took the plane took straight a, up, could and be. he fell through 
the lift. He had no more lift. He fell through and just ass ended right under the runway. Uh -huh. I don't know something the like that, but it was very um, iffy. The yeah. conditions were very yeah. poor. Well, I, I think maybe his initial mistake was to decide to try to take off under those circumstances. Right. Uh, right. Maybe he. But whatever. Could have done it. He could have delayed it a day too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. You know, rest in peace, Jose. Yes. We all love you. Yes. Uh, uh, let's speak. Have you read the book, uh, Mile Marker Zero? Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Don't you think? Yes. The early years of tarpon fishing in Key West, they really described the the magic of Key West, mm -hmm. you know, the evolution of Key West and how great Key West was back then because it was only the, the, the probably the only part of the United States where you had total freedom. Yes. Where it was almost like the government was un, was not in control of your life. That's what attracted me in, not entirely because the, the, the natural resources were great, but the freedom and the, 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 the uh, absence of judgmental behavior, which was so, so different from South Carolina where I came from, that it was startling to me, but I did uh, like it and I did adjust to it, yes. Tell me about the early tarpon guys that were here. You know, the, the ones that kind of were, that put tarpon fishing on the map. Guy, Valdan, Guy Valdine, Gil, Guy uh, Valdine, producing the movie Tarpon. McGuane and Harrison. Yeah. I think uh, Brodigan was down here briefly. Brodigan was here. And um, yeah, those guys, those guys were active and um, involved and, Personally, I was I was I was just fascinated by the by the uh, size of these fish and the fact that they would would bite a fly. That's startling in itself. And um, when you when you first begin to do that, it's so amazing that uh, you're hooked. There, there's no two ways about it. Do you remember your first tarpon? Um, yes. Um, and we used to um, spend a fair amount of time, um, even before getting a guide, fishing at night uh, at, on the bridge at the entrance uh, of Key West, the, 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 the big bridge, what, what's it called? And I can't remember the name of it, but Boca Chica Bridge. Okay. Boca Chica, yeah. Right. <laughs> and, um, uh, we all had boats of, of a, so, so, various natures, not very <laughs> adaptable to, to, to skiff fishing as we do it now. But, but anyway, um, and we, we would go there at, at night and um, we caught a, a lot of fish fishing at night. And uh, that was the introduction to how you hook a fish and how you make him bite and how you present and so forth. So the guides had an easier uh, uh, task educating you on that score. But um, How old were you at this time? Uh, I was 42 when I came to, to Key West. And you were retired? Yes. Totally retired. That's yes. when you left the I company. Had, I, had, uh, I had some physical problems which uh, were... Um, or a little bit uh, difficult. I had uh, migraine headaches on the left side of my head, and I, uh, they lasted for eight years. Oh. And um, there was not much that the doctors could do. Um, I, I, you could not take um, enough painkiller, no matter how potent, <clears throat> to get rid of the headache. And um, so, it was it was a case of just enduring, and um, one doctor said, "Well, you know, you need to be uh, have an oxygen mask when you have one of these headaches because it'll reduce the pain," and that was magic. Um, so I, I I I endured for eight years and um, decided that I needed to. I needed to do something different. And um, coming down to Key West was different. And I don't know whether 
the relaxation or the different environment changed my physical situation. But anyway, I got better and better. And uh, so after about three or four years here, I, I wasn't uh, having these headaches anymore. So wow. that was magic. You think it might have been stress related from the business? Could be, could have been. It could be so many things, right. and, and and all of the shrinks that I went to, they said, you know, it it it's so difficult to analyze what what's causing this. And um, they said, what you have is a specific kind of migraine headache, which is very intense, but we don't know what causes it really. Right. So anyway. I'd like to bring it back to the fishing. Um, you know, on a on a slick, calm spring spring day, yeah. what was it like to go over to the Marquesas and early in the morning? What would you see? It was good, good, good question. Um, well, as we had a, a, a pack of, um, of of anglers who were really desperately interested in tarpon. Um, it, it got to be a club, sort of. Everybody was friendly and 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 um, willing to share information, and we would uh, uh, head over to the Marquesas every day, and uh, that grew to the point where um, it may have gotten a little excessive, but but uh, uh, there were a lot of people in the Marquesas fishing and back then. Back then, and it, it, as I say, it was the the place to fish, and um, you could learn the Marquesas um, in, in in a short period of time, whereas you can't learn the backcountry uh, anywhere near that quickly. So that's where guides and anglers went, and um, everybody was catching fish, and everybody was. Uh, was happy about it, and it was it was just a a, a, a great uh, joy to to be in among that group of anglers without without uh, uh, anger and and without uh, uh, any any second guessing. Right. I was going to ask about like, did guys get a little aggressive, and was there any animosity between guides? Because there were so many anglers and guides going over to the Marquesas fishing kind of remotely in the same area, but you were talking a little bit earlier how it was this this environment where everyone cheered everyone on and it was a lot different from today. It is. Um, and, yeah, you know, you, you, you didn't mind some guy uh, coming behind you. you. You'd hook a fish and you'd go off fighting that fish and he would keep on going. And so he had your place and you caught the fish and you found another place right. to fish. But th there were a lot of fish, and um, the 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 you know the the number of fish that you fished to was pretty amazing. Um, and gosh, uh, you could catch a lot of fish. Uh, but in those days, we fished um, a fifteen pound Andy, and uh, that was it for your class. Yep. And so you broke off a hell of a lot of fish. So you didn't have a shock tippet on that? You had a shock. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. You, you had a shock, but, but it was 15-pound mm -hmm. Andy. And, um, and and I don't know. That was just sort of the, the what we— The standard, yeah. Standard, and, and you know, uh, we didn't change that. Was we there a big boat there. race to get over there in the morning? Were people starting to leave earlier and earlier to be the first boat over there? There, there, there was some of that going on. Sure, right, yeah. Because I know when I was fishing with Bobby Paulson uh, briefly, we'd leave like at four, four thirty oh, in yeah. the morning. Yeah, Willie, uh, Willie Benson was leaving at four. It was a yeah. big boat race to get over there to get, get your right. spot. That's right, and um, uh, that's still the case. Uh, there's, as you know, uh, the liverboards. And uh, they're over there, and we have a group from Montana. There are four guys uh, on a liverboard. And um, 
not many people go over there because that is, you know, all of that early morning fishing is over. Is over. You can't beat that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, they are, the fish have gotten beaten. <laughs> and uh, those guys, got, they, they, they hooked a lot of fish. They're not great anglers, but, but right. under those circumstances where it's dark, you know, you catch fish. Right. Yeah. Well, you've always been a fly designer and a tweaker of, of uh, yeah. hooks and flies, but uh, the most famous fly, I think, is a smoker coker. Yeah. Or a well, coker smoker. The coker smoker, and that derived from um, seeing the fish under the bridge at Boca Chica. Um, they would get intensely involved in shrimp, and the shrimp, not always, but but would would come down tide, and um, the tarpon were there, and uh, there there was a lot going on with shrimp, so that was a, an effort on my part to 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 imitate the shrimp, and uh, it was very it was good it was successful, and uh, actually I think almost any fly would would interest them, but. Uh, Anyway, so that, um, it turned out, was, was a, a receptive fly, even not at night, even uh, in the backcountry during the day. So that, that was one thing. And I have, I have, I like, I like time flies and I like designing. And um, so, you know, it's, it's, it, it, I, I find it fun. Do you still tie flies, and are you still trying to innovate different fly designs? Yeah, I got a, I got a, I got a new uh, uh, fly that I really like. I'll show you some of them. That uh, it's it's bird fur, and uh, I don't know. Are you familiar with bird fur? I'm no, not, I don't think so. Well, bird fur is is it's made by the the uh, uh, companies that produce standard. Uh, uh, necks and, and hackles, but it's a it's a it's a different kind of chicken, and I'll show you some. It's it's very very limber and breathable, uh, breathable, and it's and it um, is 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 it ties a fly that's just very very attractive to fish, and uh, so I've I've. I learned, I don't know, five or six or eight years ago, something, that that some of the fish, especially fish in channels, like long skinny flies. And so we started fishing with flies that were four or five inches long. And I think that's an exaggeration, but but longer flies that are skinny seem to seem to be productive. And today they are productive too. What is that long skinny fly representing? Like a a pipe fish? Pipe fish or, or, uh, uh, you know, any of the uh, um, fish that, that, uh, that would be uh, long food, and skinny, long and skinny, and needle what's the one that needlefish as well as what's the one that jumps and wiggles its, its and skirts on its tail? Yes, uh, what I've lost that name. A ballyhoo. Ballyhoo. Right. Yeah. Um, and by you, the way, when you get to be eighty-six, you lose a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to throw this. out I lose there. him at sixty-eight. <laughs> I just want to throw this out there. What? I mean, the toad, the toad fly has been such a revolutionary fly in the, yes. in, in the tarpon world. What do they think that is? Do you, do you have any good thoughts to, on that? Good to eat. Yeah. And that, that's about all you can say. Right. So it's not really imitating well, a... Well, they like well, grain. They, they like chartreuse for they sure. They do like chartreuse. Uh, and and there's certain colors and certain behavior of the material that that really is attractive to them. Well, let's not forget the toad was originally tied with a rabbit strip, and then it became That's right. then it evolved to a marabou, a piece of marabou, and both breathed really well. Right. And then you've got bird fur, which is the next step. It it really is um, an amazing material. So. I can see you wanting to stay with the traditional flies versus gravitating to a, a worm fly. Yeah. You're not a worm guy. I, I am, if, that, if that's what it takes. And um, today, you know, I use the worm. 
but only as, as a trial. Right. Uh, and a lot of times it doesn't work. Right. But um, So you'll still use a traditional fly in the ocean when, yeah. they're, when they're streaming and, yeah. and sliding down the yeah. edges? And, and What's your go-to fly for that scenario other uh, than the worm? No, these flies that I've started tying that are long and longer, they're, they're not little flies. They're, they're fairly long. I'll, I'll show you some of them. They're nothing secret about it. It's just that, uh, I don't know, the material is very... Um, is very attractive, right? Um, and the colors are, are pretty interesting too. A lot of the times, I think it's it's about the fish as well. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, it's, it's finding Gotta the be. right fish. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Sometimes just fish are bad. You yeah. got to find a good fish. Yeah, right. That's right. They're not all going to bite. Yeah, you need to fire some of them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and go to a one that uh, will bite because, but but. Channel fish, you know, uh, they they like these skinny flies. I don't so, know why. So tell me about the channel fish. That doesn't mean a fish that you're blind casting to, are you? No, no. You 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 you're just on the shoulders, the edges of channels, the edges of channels, and they behave. They have a behavior all their own, and they they roll and um, they hang out in groups and singles and so forth. And no, we I I would prefer to see the fish and right. cast to them, and I don't know. Maybe that's just because um, I have had great fishing this year, but you know you can find some fish in channels. Right. How have you evolved as a fisherman over the years? You've been doing this a long time. Long time. I've gotten I, I've gotten accustomed to it, and I can do it. Uh, no, no matter what, uh, what winds or whatever, whether you and uh, are, are 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 great at presentation, and you just finally learn how to do it, and what works and what doesn't work, and um, it's 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 nice to know that you can do that. Right. Uh, um, and you, you know, and I know. You adapt uh, to the changes, not, for yeah. sure. And and it's not like um, uh, you ever get totally discouraged. You always have the attitude, well, I can catch that. Bastard. Sure. But how about your emotional evolution with tarpon over the years? I know I know how I've evolved, and I have evolved. I, ha I have changed. How, yeah. how, is, how have you changed? Well, I, um, I believe that... that I'm I'm very interested in the tarpon as an animal. He he he's a unique uh, uh, species, and I think reflects a lot more than fish in general. Um, he he's 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 very emotional and can um, can change that from. One minute to the next. So it's kind of like a woman. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Um, oh boy. Or a sensitive guy. Yeah, like now you go, you're gonna get everybody <laughs> in trouble. I'm in trouble. <laughs> like me, I cry at the drop of a word. Well, yes. so we're talking about the metaphysical state of yes. tarpon fishing here. Well, I'm not. I, I'm. I like the general, uh, the generalization that 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 tarpon are, are, are so different from most other species that I know that um, they, they're an added uh, challenge, and, and I like that. Um, I, I, don't, I don't ever get discouraged right. fishing for tarpon. I mean, yeah, you don't catch some. They're willing to be cozy, they unlike are. a permit. They are. A permit's just a jerk <laughs> yeah i was gonna ask how do you how do you feel about permit fishing did you ever uh, I, yeah, get the um, bug? I never have i never have been uh dedicated uh, permit fisherman and 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 never will in my life i don't think but um who knows but but i mean those who who are who are hyper attracted to to permit or uh, you know that's good for them sure i, I mean i'm I'm not opposed. I just right. am not 
going to do that for me. Right. Do you still? Or, yeah, I, I, I like to know that, 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 that when you do something right, it generally has a positive effect. You get rewarded. You get rewarded. And, and, and permit, they, they, they don't behave that way. <laughs> right. Um, but anyway. Do you still love this game more than ever? I'm sorry? Do you still love this game more than ever? Uh, yes, I do. Um, I don't have many, many uh, expectations of myself in, in, in fishing for tarpon. Um, I'm, I'm perfectly willing to, to fish, but I love being out on the water and the, the flaps and seeing the birds and all the, 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 the nine yards to, to, to the game. They are all positive for me, and uh, I, I love I love that aspect, um, and I also love when you can catch tarpon. <clears throat> but um, it, 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 I don't think I have great expectations of being able to set the world on fire catching tarpon. It's not not going to happen. So you have not gotten discouraged or frustrated over the years as you watch the, the fishery decline a little bit? Well, it, it, that bothers me, but I, I, I think I understand that, that, that you, you screw up the fishery and uh, that's the price you pay. And uh, we, don't, we don't really have um, many organizations that genuinely uh, approach and add to the tarpon uh, uh, lifestyle. We just don't, there, there's not. The Lower Keys Guides Association is, in my book, the, the one uh, unique uh, uh, organization that really does try to improve the tarpon's uh, uh, habitat and his, his behavior. Um, but there are not many other uh, organizations that do how about btt i was gonna say i i think btt is is stationed up in uh what uh, i don't know where the well, ocean reef Miami is ocean reef that yeah. they, they have an ocean reef uh mentality uh, which is which is that 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 they are going they like the attitude that they are pro tarpon, but they don't do anything about it. But don't you th don't you think that they have done a lot of research with tagging and try to influence around the world with yes. the six now, state parks in the they, Bahamas? They, they have in Belize done, and Cuba. They have done a they lot. Have, they have done the scientific aspects, but they they're talking about habitat. Habitat. They're, they but they have done so um, with the organization. Um, uh, by by donating money mm -hmm. to the, the the technical organization that does this, whether it's University of Miami or or what's the other one that's in the Keys? Um, uh, well, Captains for Clean Water has done a lot too. I think for the for the environment, for the fresh yes, water, and Captains for, the... for Clean Water. Yes, yeah. Well. We just have to hope for the best and keep believing and keep supporting these foundations wherever we can, as you yeah. have. You know, it's yeah. a, and a key issue here, too, is the fight against the cruise ships in Key West, trying to downsize all that. Right. We need to win that one. Um, but I must say I'm, I'm not encouraged, but uh, I wish I could. Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough to fight against big money. It is. Yeah. And... Um, uh, I think the concept of why they're doing it is incorrect. I um, I don't think the the tourists that come via cruise ship, I don't think they're contributing to to the economy of Key West, hardly at all. Um, I think they they spend a little money, and I think back back when we were trying to. Uh, uh, divert the dredging so the so the harbor could handle bigger boats. Um, the, the, did a study that 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 showed that there was forty one dollars per day contributed to the economy of Key West by the the 
the people on on cruise ships. Right. And that's not anything. Well, at the demise of the uh, the environment and the habitat. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but and, and it's not worth it. Not worth it. Right. And the 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 uh, the cruise ships really only benefit the investors in the uh, in the cruise operation. Right. It's big money. Yeah. And it is big money. And uh, but that, you know. You, you have a vote uh, by the by the population, residents of Key West that uh, uh, approves this concept of limiting uh, cruise ship passengers uh, offloading in Key West, and it 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 just. Uh, uh, when their voices are not heard, it's unfair. Yeah, and 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 yet the governor and and others they they just uh, disagree, or, or they don't disagree. Uh, couldn't. Uh, what it amounts to is that they want to uh, uh, make that go away, and um, get their side of, of of the argument presented and 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 acted on in legislation and uh and that's sad and that's very very sad but it it it, it you can't you cannot oppose the the political inclination uh, in that effect it's just not you, the 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 republicans are going to get it done i think i really do I don't think DeSantis, our governor, is going to be able to to resist. Right. I mean, the Walsh family gave him one point four million 1. to support his campaign. Million. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Hello. Well, the, well the, you know, we've, we've made a, a point here in that we need to fight for our resources. We need to fight for our fish, and let's not forget that sportsmen. Fishermen bring $450 million, the fly fishermen, to Monroe County every year. Yes. So stick with the fishermen, stick with conservation. Yes. Well, let's go back to your fishing life and how much did Dottie... Let me, let me say one thing okay. and before before we leave this. The, the, the jet ski um, rental activity can't be a money-making job. It does give a job to the guy who leads the jet skis. He has a job, and it's probably almost able to support him, but not not by any stretch. I mean, he's he's under under duress, and so yes, that's a positive, uh, but it's but it's not where the money from the to 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 under uh, to boost the economy comes from. It it. It's causing a lot of noise and it's causing a lot of concern, but it it and it doesn't it doesn't make many jobs available. Right, and so, the destruction to where the fish swim because of them. That's right. I've, Off water, I've, we can no longer have access to them, and it's a demise to all the fly fishermen that are downhill, bringing a lot of money. Let's not forget exactly. how much money have you spent. I know personally, and I don't. I don't know. I don't want people to take it this wrongly, but I've spent well over a million dollars as a fly fisherman coming down and giving that money to hotels and guides oh, and supporting the industry. I'm only one of thousands and thousands and thousands. Absolutely. And um, so, if we mistreat the environment by, with a noise uh, obstacle. I think that's that's important to these fish that are migrating, uh, that have passed by Key West in shallow water. In shallow water, and and they, I think, are revoking against the noise level. For sure. Are you and, are uh, you saying that you don't like jet skis? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely. No, I, it was a bad joke. I, no, uh, I don't. I don't see that jet skis uh, uh, help in any way. Help in no, any I, way. I totally even, a bit, even small businesses. No. Totally agree. Well, let me go back to 
your wife, Dottie. She's got 162, I think, world records now. Yeah. You know, 165. (laughs) (laughs) But who's counting? (laughs) (laughs) Me. Yeah. Tell me how much joy you've had helping Dottie. And where did that bug with her catching records, where did that initiate? It, it, it really is um, uh, a hard one for me to try to define back to the, uh, to the uh, original uh, record that Dottie got was, was, was in Australia. And we were there on a catamaran and, and it was a fishing expedition and we were catching uh, a, lot of, a lot of fish unusual to us. And the, the captain of the boat said, you know, you know, you, you ought to catch some world record uh, 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 fish from Australia because th- th- there are no world records much. And so Dottie said, well, yeah, I mean, okay. I, I, I actually encouraged her. I said, why not, Dottie? You know, you. And so she started uh, fishing for queen fish and she ended up with with uh, three or four world records from that trip. And uh, so that was really the beginning of it. And uh, when we got back to the Keys, we just continued in a low-key fashion. And uh, uh, light tippet world records were fairly easy to get because nobody fished with two-pound or four-pound test. Uh, so. That's, that's where Dottie focused her attention, and she, she's very good at two-pound. And she has, uh, she has about 35 two-pound. Uh, so a big focus was the lighter tippets. Yeah. The not necessarily tippets. fish that were not in the record books, but really light tippets. Light tippets, yeah. That was... Yeah. And she's very... She's, you would like to watch her catch a fish because I don't understand it either. I'd break one of the bastards off instantly, <laughs> but but she, um, she she doesn't. She she can she can. I hear that with it. offshore uh, records too. A lot of women are really good. Yeah. at that field right. game. Yeah. Who tied all those tippets? God, I tied <laughs> those millions of tippets, and and uh, yeah, we go through a lot of a lot of uh, leaders in a in a year's time. But but I've got I've got uh, I've got that under control, right? And and uh, I can do it pretty pretty uh, efficiently. After all these, years. Uh, yeah, and I don't tie I don't over tie tippets. I I I, I tie what we need, <laughs> which is a lot. <laughs> which is a lot. You're gonna break yeah. stuff. Yeah. How much of have that been um, like a new enthusiasm in your fishing life? To see and, and help her in that record pursuit. It, it is another segment which uh, I didn't have in my earlier fishing days, but I, I love it. It's it's uh, it gets Dottie and I um, working on a project together, and that's always important. And um, I, I like to try to uh, catch these fish, and Dottie can do it. But yeah. you've never chased records no, yourself. No, so I, I have no interest in records whatsoever. So that kind of brought her into the fishing game, which was yeah. more your bag initially. Yes, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure about how that works entirely, but um, it does work. Right. <laughs> she 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 likes it. She and and she's very good at light tippet stuff, and she's even good at at, at some heavy duty fish too. Um, but I mean, she caught a she caught a, a hundred and eighteen pound bull shark on on a twelve pound test. Wow! Uh, you know, I mean, things like that. That's a big fish on twelve. She caught bull she, sharks are mean. She caught she caught a a a, a lemon a, a seventy five pound lemon shark on four. Wow. And that's that's impossible. That's a big fish. And what happened was that the fish was he was pissed that he was hooked and we were following him around. 
because he wasn't feeling right. He didn't feel he, any resistance. He didn't feel any pressure, but he got angry, literally. And I went. I tried to net him, and he reached up and bit the net. Are you trying to tail a hundred eighteen pound lemon? No, no. Shark? I was trying to net him because I was I was really scaring him with the net. I'd splash the net. Oh, close I to see. Him. Make him run and get tired. Make him run and get tired. I well, I, I splashed the net one time, and he turned around and bit the net, <laughs> and he would not let it go. And so now you're wrestling with you know, the lemon no, shark. No, we we just pulled him back in the boat, and the captain put a loop around his tail, and that was the end of that. Uh, That's crazy. Uh, it's crazy, but it, it worked. yeah. And then we went over to let a me, Let me ask you, though, and I don't want to make this controversial, but how did that affect the world record, the two-pound record, if by chance that helped inspire the catch with him grabbing a hold of that net? Well, there's no, there's no regulation that opposes that. Yeah. If, if he bites it, um, that he has caused you to be attached to him right right and uh so we we went to a sandbar and and weighed him weighed him uh with two uh 60 pound boga grips and let him go and let him go how awesome is that good for you what other massive catch that stands Uh, out now this is a six pound test Dottie caught another 75 pound uh lemon shark uh, with Doug, right out here in the back, and and we just had a uh, an amazing set of of good luck because Doug Doug tailed the fish and and he was just lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine what kind of a rodeo yeah that and, takes and, place and, after you and 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 so so Doug said okay. Let's let's go. To, I'm gonna try to tail this fish, and and he he went at an angle, and the fish turned and came right in front of him, and he just. Boy, obviously luck plays a big role in catching these yeah. big fish on light yeah. tackle. What yeah. um, what do you look forward to in this next chapter of fishing? Uh, do you have, I, do you have I, any specific goals? No, I'm I'm not goal oriented when it comes to. To, to fishing, um, it, 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 it's fine with me to be able to spend time in this environment, mm-hmm. and hopefully we see some fish, and hopefully we, we we can fish for them, and I like to catch them, and I I love uh, fighting a, a big a big tarpon. That's that's a hoot, and I know you do too. It's just something that's fun. Yeah, and uh, it it takes a little a little while to learn the ins and outs of it, but you do learn them, and by God, it works. You can get them. You can get them. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so um, I wish no harm to the to the to the victims of of my fishing. What's the most outlandish fishing story you have or something, a story that really stands out that you'd like to tell? Ah, well, these couple about Dottie is, is, is you know, that fishing for records always has more, more uh, uh, surprises than, than fun fishing cause... Than, than just fishing for fun. Right. Because I, I have no no reason to fish with two pound test right? right but you fished with doug kilpatrick all these years and he's one of the funniest guys i know i'm sure yeah. you you have some tell us a story about the the ball-headed guy smoking a cigar <laughs> <laughs> well uh, i um i um i don't know about that one. <laughs> well doug, doug already told that on the podcast so. <laughs> Well, yeah, and and Doug and I both like to laugh at jokes, and and we do, and and uh, so we we try to keep the humor uh, uh, as we as we do this this you know, and we find a, 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 a reason to laugh at most most times. Right. Uh, 
Well, these last four years, you've been battling an illness. Yeah. You know, you're 86. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you think about afterlife? Sure do. Um, uh, battling an illness of this sort makes makes you understand that, that your time's coming. And um, I, that doesn't scare me at all. Um, it's just, well, I... If, when it comes, I hope it comes and, and, and does does the job and doesn't make me suffer a, a long-winded uh, battle. Um, but but you know, that's that's what I think is. Uh, is it scary for you? Occasionally. Yeah. Um, the unknown is. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, like, uh, see, I'm I'm here by myself. And Dottie, Dottie went to uh, Montana uh, uh, day before yesterday, and so you you cannot not think of okay, what if you went to the bathroom and you slipped on the rug and you fell and hit your head on the you know what what would happen? Because um, there's nobody here, right? So. Um, you think about those yeah, really you, you think very about those realistic and, things. And um, you, you do change your habits. Like I won't climb a ladder anymore. I, I know that's a danger for me. And <clears throat> you just don't do foolish things. Right. You don't get up in the dark and try to bumble your way to the bathroom. You're just more conscious of yeah, everything yeah, you yeah. do. Yeah, you're just more conscious that... Yeah, you can hurt yourself. Sure. And uh, and so if you make the the the, the you, you understand that and you just be cautious, you can avoid all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's what you do. And I'm not trying to sidestep anything. Right. I'm trying to catch a tarpon before before I go. <laughs> I mean, you know. Well, you know what the beauty of you, Fitz, is you've always had a great sense of humor, uh, a great sense of interest, um, adventure. I see your property and the love of flowers and and plants and birds and the way you speak so eloquently about your love of the outdoors. Yeah. And uh, you are just a blessing to all of us that have known you. Well, I'm, I'm a blessing to me more than anybody else because I, I just have fun living in this world um, and it is it, it's good well too bad this world didn't have more people like you we so we so appreciate your story Fitz thank and, you and your friendship thank you thanks for joining us thank you thanks thanks Fitz you're a good man well I uh I, I'm I'm happy to be here I really am thank you it's it's it is Worth it. Yes, it is. And Montana is beautiful too. Yeah. Yes, you like the elk. Yeah. You, have you been with Doug? Uh, I haven't been with Doug, but uh, any anytime, any place, I want to be with that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a gem. Doug has the intensity, and and he can pursue, you know, what he wants to pursue, and he does it well. Tell me about Doug before we end the, the podcast, because yeah. he speaks of you as well, a second father. Doug, Doug has this grace with with his his environment, and he 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 doesn't have many uh, pitfalls, and and so he 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 loves people and he cares and he cares about the environment, and we talk about that, and that gives him grace and it, it, it it's it's a pleasure to watch that because uh if 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 we had more people that that had this pattern we would be better off for sure yeah i think doug kilpatrick is a brother and a son to all of us yeah, yes here truly, here truly good guy fitz yeah man thanks brother thank you thanks so much fitz thank you 
I think it's quite obvious why many agree that Fitz Coker is as great of a conservationist and angler as he is a person. Wherever he goes, he's met with great respect. He's changed the lives of many and is determined to save Key West. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do us a huge favor and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to see more content or behind the scenes, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We'll see you again soon.